The following is a Northern State podcasting production. It's time for the podcast that promises to catch you up on all the news and notes from Seattle sports scene in 40 minutes or less. It's time for Rain City Sports. and welcome to Rain City Sports. Uh, my name is Jared Johnson. I am your host. Uh, excited to be back for another week. Uh, got a lot of a lot of things to talk about today. Um, a few things, including uh, the Mariners in Japan. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. We'll go. We'll go uh, look ahead a little bit to the Red Sox. Also, um, also Ichiro talk, retiring. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and and then we'll get into some Seahawks. Uh, off season still going strong. Uh, a few news and notes around that. Some new NFL, a new NFL rule change that just came in effect, I think, uh, today. Um, and then also uh, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament going on. Uh, we're into the Sweet 16. Uh, we'll talk about what has happened so far, I guess, um, and how I feel about the. The chances of the Washington teams, which is Gonzaga and Washington, uh, Washington actually is eliminated. So, how I feel about Gonzaga's chances of getting further into the tournament. So, uh, with that said, we'll head on in. Okay, so first things first here. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, I would like to get this podcast out on a more frequent frequent uh, basis, and I would like to, um, I don't know, get into it a little more, uh, especially now that we're going to get back into the Mariners season. Um, we'll still kind of have to play it by ear a little bit just because, uh, if you don't know, I'm in the middle of a, well, I'm in the tail end of getting a, a marketing degree. Um, also working on starting a business with drones. Um, so with those things kind of taking priority, uh, I have to, I have to manage my time as best I can. So, uh, sometimes the podcast gets slipped back a little ways. I still like plan out the episodes um, way ahead of time or ahead of time or as the week goes on or the weeks go on uh, so that I can go back to when the last time I recorded and kind of uh, talk about everything that's happened in between then and now. Um, but I'm hoping to get it out more often. Um, it might be a little goofy coming up this next month just because... I'll be out of town for a couple months or a couple weeks. Um, but besides that, I plan on being involved, being in more involved, more, more into it with you guys. Um, I, I, I want some more involvement. So like I said, uh, reach out to me. Uh, let's talk. Let's, uh, you know, let's have some engagement. Um, so anyways, with that said, let's, uh, Let's jump into the Mariners. They played in Japan um, last week or beginning of last week, end of last week. Um, uh, they played against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, more or less, 
they uh, they played pretty well, and they and they won both games. There's two games, and then two exhibition games. I'm not sure the results of the exhibition expedition. Oh, you know what I mean. Exhibition, exhibition games. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the results of those ones were because I, I mean, it was preseason still. Um, but two real games, they uh, ended up winning nine to seven and five to four, uh, including uh, had it, there was a grand slam uh, by by Santana, which was pretty cool. Uh, that made the first game was pretty close until that point. Um, and then also the other person that I wrote down that really impressed me actually was Tim Beckham. Uh, he ended up having five, five hits in the, in the two game series, uh, hit a home run. He's, he's, he looks pretty cool. So hopefully, uh, this is a, you know, beginning of something with him. I know he was, I think he was a high, like highly regarded prospect uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays uh, years ago or several years ago, I guess, at this point. Um, so, uh, you know, there was always a potential with him maybe, but uh, hopefully maybe we're seeing some of that and hopefully he can continue it. Um, so after the Japan series is over, Ichiro uh, announced his retirement. Uh, ended up doing like both games. He might have actually. I think he announced it right before the the actual games, and so each game they like brought him out and let him walk the field, and like it was great. Um, yeah, he he walked around the field, and like they take him out in the middle of the game, and everybody else would clear the field and let the fans go crazy. Um, uh, he, uh, I don't think he had, he didn't have any hits, but. Uh, uh, you know, he, uh, he's, he's a great for sure. And, uh, we'll get into him a lot more a little later, but I feel like we underestimate how great he was. Um, he was, uh, he obviously for us, he, he had, you know, he was a pretty good player, but for people in Japan, he's like, uh, I, the only person I can equate him to that seems is Michael Jordan. And even then he might be more popular than Michael Jordan because, um, I feel like Michael Jordan has more negative and things in his like past or in his you know closet than uh, than Ichiro. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool scene. Um, you know, they they uh, they did a good job. I think they did a good job of sending him away, sending him off the right way. Um, I kind of hope he'll stick with the team and be you know a coach or something, but. Uh, I think his playing days are probably done. I hope they are, I would say. Um, but uh, watching him come off the field and watching, uh, you know, the reaction from the fans and Kikuchi, who the pitcher, the Japanese pitcher that pitched the second game of the series, um, watching him kind of tear up because that was a childhood hero of his. That was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, so, uh, they took off from Japan back to Seattle, did a couple of, uh, exhibition games with San Diego Padres, which they got crushed, unfortunately. Um, but they, uh, so now tomorrow they actually start their first game against the Red Sox with Marco Gonzalez pitching against Chris Sale. 
uh, Chris Sale being like, I don't know if, I can't remember if he won the Cy Young. No, he didn't win the Cy Young last year, but maybe the year before. But he's still a damn good pitcher. So that could be a tough one. Uh, they got Kikuchi going in game two and Leak and then LeBlanc. And then they're holding Felix out basically till April 1st against the Angels. So uh, kind of an interesting decision there. Uh, don't even let Felix pitch in the first series. Um, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really he hasn't really earned it as far as this year. I mean, obviously with his past, if you include all that, maybe he's earned the right to pitch in the first series, but uh, that's probably debatable even. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm excited for the season to get underway. I'm excited for games that are not at 2 a.m. because <laughs> that's what the Japanese series pretty much all was. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I think that I think so far we look pretty decent. Uh, we did play against the Athletics, who I don't think are very good, um, but uh, I think we'll we'll kind of get an idea pretty quick here because Boston will probably be pretty good. Um, and a little bit later in the show, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, probably projections. I'll make some projections on that. Um, so. Moving on to the Seahawks, uh, there's, it hasn't been a ton of news this last couple of weeks, but but a couple of the big things is they re-signed Nico Thorpe. Um, that's the cornerback who he's been a great special teams player, I think, for them for several years, um, and and so it's good to see him back. I think he's back on a pretty low deal, obviously, um, but. There's been some other things. Uh, they, get, they had Nick Perry in for a visit. He's a defensive tackle from the Packers. Uh, actually went to USC also. Probably has a Pete Carroll connection there. Um, then also there's been some kind of talk about Doug Baldwin possibly considering retirement due to uh, injuries. Uh, he's had three surgeries, I think they said. Or maybe he's on his third surgery this offseason. Um, which is pretty terrible news. Um, on one hand, I totally do not want him to retire because he's my favorite player. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I want him to do what's best for him. Uh, on on seven ten this week, they got in a little bit of argument about whether they uh, care about the well-being of the players, more or less. Um, it sounded like Salk just cares about the team more than the player. Um, and Brock Hewitt obviously cares more about the players, cause, probably because he was a player. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely on the side of the players, um, especially certain players after they've been with the team for long enough. Um, then they be, they gain a special place in my in my heart. So Doug Baldwin's there for sure, and he's a seems like a, just a super smart, super cool guy with uh, with. Great things in his future, so I do not want him to come back to play if he's injured or if he wants to. Uh, I'll totally understand if he decides to call it quits and take care of his health and stuff. Um, as somebody who's had a bunch of health problems, uh, health is, is very, very, very um, uh, underrated, I guess. Um, people don't realize, you know, what it's like to be, to have health problems a lot. So, I mean, obviously Doug Baldwin's health problems would be different than what mine are, but still, um, he's, if he's looking out for his future, I, I can't blame him at all. Um, I want him to do best, what's best for him. And like I said, he'll be in the, the ring of honor as soon as he can be. 
as far as I see it. So, uh, yeah, I hope that I hope he he decides, you know, semi quickly, just because uh, Seahawks need to make plans if he's not going to be back. But if he does decide to come back, that's awesome. I'll I'll be super excited to see him. He makes he is ridiculous on the field, and uh, you know, like I said, my favorite player to watch at this point. So. Uh, Pete Carroll also had an interview with John Clayton this week, and he talked about uh, how he feels like Bobby Wagner's uh, probably going to be back. That's, I mean, this is like uh, summarizing what he said. Uh, I feel like he he basically said Bobby. He said Bobby Wagner is a Seahawk, and he's going to be a Seahawk. So I assume that means that they're looking into getting a getting him resigned. I think he's a free agent after next year, um, along with Russell Wilson. Um, he also talked about Russell Wilson a little bit and said seemed to be okay with what uh, what where they're at positioning wise. Um, Russell Wilson, everybody says he wants like way too much money or whatever, way a lot of money. And and from what I've heard from Pete Carroll and stuff, like I didn't expect them to start negotiating till getting close to uh, to the camps. Um, and it looks seems like that's probably the case. Like they've had some contact, but not a ton. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Hopefully they get, you know, to me, I, I want Bobby Wagner back. I think he's the type of player that can play into his mid-30s or, you know, somewhere up there. Middle linebackers tend, tend to last a little longer. Um, and, of course, Russell Wilson because he's our quarterback. And he, I don't think our team would be nearly as good without him. So, um, as always, you can follow along on at, on Twitter at, at underscore Rain City Sports uh, to get the new get the latest news and notes from all around Seattle sports. Um, I tweet most of that stuff out, um, and then a lot of it comes into the show. But if it doesn't, there's a lot of things that don't come into doesn't come into the show, um, like more analyst stuff and even draft notes and like who the Seahawks are scouting and stuff like that. So get on there and follow that if you really want to get involved or if you really want to get a lot more news. Um, that's at underscore Rain City Sports. Um, so they they did announce that there's a new rule. Um, the competition committee, I think, uh, along with the owners meeting down in Arizona for the NFL, uh, came together and did a vote on new uh, – New instant replay rules. So, uh, as of now, I think next season they'll the uh, PIs will be um, eligible to be challenged. So that's offensive pass interference, defensive pass interference, um, and they'll be you know you, a coach can now challenge them. So I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Honestly, I think uh, I know it's a reaction to the Saints um, Rams game, but. Uh, I feel like it's going to be way more pass interference calls. Um, and how many pass interference calls, like, really do they call? And then you look at them, in, especially in slow motion, and say, oh, yeah, there's no way that was a penalty. Like, most of the time, in slow motion especially, things always look a lot worse. Um, so unless they're going to watch them at full speed and, like, see whether the person's actually, a, you know... But in slow motion, if you just see him touching him and stuff, I don't know if that should be pass interference. Maybe technically by the law it would be, but um, I wouldn't like to see that at all. So I'm hoping that it's uh, 
I'm hoping to see it, you know, evolve and and not be just, I don't know, ticky tacky. I guess uh, they almost passed the uh, a rule where instead of onside kicks, you get a fourth and twelve play to try to make a first down, or fourth and fifteen, maybe fourth and fifteen. Um, and you got to use that. And if you got the first down, then you kept the ball. But it didn't pass through uh, all the owners. And so it's tabled till at least next year, or maybe till May. They have another meeting at that time. Um, but I think it's probably tabled till next year, I guess. They're trying to figure out a way to make the onside kick more... Uh, reasonable because the the percentage dropped way down after they changed the rules last year um, about like how many guys you could have on either side of the kicker and not getting a running start. So they're trying to figure out a way to fix that a little bit or make it a little more likely to get an onside kick. They don't want it to be extremely likely, obviously, but they want it to be you know possible, which last year became almost impossible. So. That's where we stand there. Uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, the first week went off awesome. I watched a bunch of games. Um, if you didn't watch our live stream uh, of our network, Northern State Podcasting, um, me and Ricky and Matt, we all picked our NCAA brackets. And so far, I'm doing uh, uh, the main teams are still there, but. But uh, I lost a lot of matches, matchups, I guess I'd say. Um, but Washington made it to the second round. Uh, they were an, an eight seed. They beat uh, the Utah State. And then they went to uh, play against UNC, and they got completely outmatched in my opinion, which is not unsurprising, but, you know, a little disappointing, I guess. Um, rebounding was the biggest problem. Like, the, I think they were out-rebounded by a ton, by like at least a dozen or something like that. And they, uh, when I, I watched the entire game and they, like, offensive rebound after offensive rebound, like they could force a missed shot, but then they couldn't get the rebound and then North Carolina eventually put it back in. So... Uh, a little disappointed. UNC keeps going. Um, and then on the other side, Gonzaga has looked really damn good so far. Um, didn't struggle at all in their first two games. Uh, now they take on Florida State in the Sweet 16. Uh, this is probably their, this is their toughest game in quite some time. Um, Florida State's like extremely hot. So, and they're pretty deep. Everybody, from what I've heard, I haven't actually watched their games, but. Uh, but I watched the selection show and they talked about them quite a bit. So uh, it should be a really good game, hopefully. Um, I feel like I picked Gonzaga to win at all, so against the UNC. So um, I'm really hoping Gonzaga can pull it out. I think that they've never had a better team, or maybe this is definitely their top two teams. Maybe the other championship team could have been close. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're looking really good. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for them to win. Um, and hopefully they do. Hopefully they bring, you know, championship back to Washington, back to the state of Washington, I guess. Um, and also obviously their program's already pretty large, um, in the college basketball world. So I don't know that it's going to grow much more, but 
to get over that that hump of putting um, getting a championship would be huge for Mark Pugh and and probably for the program. So uh, yeah, that will be that. That's pretty fun to watch. I'm excited. That goes off tomorrow, also actually. Um, so that should be exciting. Um, as for uh, this week, we decided to do um, passes to the homies and. We thought of two questions. Um, I decided I'd send two questions because, well, because I've been slacking, for one, on passes to the homies, and also because I felt like both of these questions were pretty, like, time-sensitive and and needed to be answered sooner rather than later. So, with that said, I sent Matt um, the two questions of, where does Ichiro, now that he retired, sit in the pantheon of Seattle athletes, um, of greats, um, and also predict how many Mariner, how many wins the Mariners will have this year. Um, so I think, uh, I, I don't know what he has said yet. I haven't listened to it actually. So, uh, let's listen in and see what Matt had to say in the latest edition of this is Thank you, Jared. As it says, Vag from the Fairweather Friends podcast. Uh, real good question this week. With uh, Ichiro retiring last year, where does he rank in the pantheon of Seattle Mariners? Uh, so for this, I tried to balance how good you know the players were at their position in the sport, um, not just how likable they were. Um, but balance that also with how long were they a Mariner? You know, because we had some some great players come through Seattle who I don't think played for us long enough to to even qualify for this. You know, there's A-Rod, who spent five full seasons and two partial seasons as a Mariner, um, but then, you know, played a couple years in Texas and spent the majority of his career in New York. Also ended up not being very likable, but we don't worry about that. Uh, Adrian Beltre came through Seattle. He had an amazing career. Um, even Robinson Cano, four and a half seasons with us. The last half of last season, you know, suspended PEDs or half of last season suspended for PED failure. Um, so I don't think I even can put him or Cruz up there just because they didn't play for Seattle long enough. Um, so those are two things I really looked at. And so my number one is... It's definitely Ken Griffey. Um, you know, he played about half his career in Seattle, half in Cincinnati. But I think Seattle fans, at least I understood the fact that he wanted to go to Cincinnati because his, his dad played his majority of his career there. Uh, his dad is actually inducted into the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame, has had multiple jobs in the organization coaching after his baseball career was over, um, still is kind of a roving instructor coach there. So I never held it against him. And I think what helped also was that Griffey came back and ended his career in Seattle. I think he always considered Seattle his baseball home. Um, and now there's a statue in front of the uh, what is now T-Mobile Park. So I think that's pretty undebatable. Uh, for next for me, I go Edgar Martinez. Uh, greatest DH of all time. Maybe debatable David Ortiz passed him um, because of rings. As far as individual stats, uh, I don't think that's true necessarily. And then Edgar played his whole career in Seattle. 
and now worked as a uh, batting coach. Still doing that, just not on not traveling with the team in away games. So, uh, still with the organization. And so I, I have him as my number two. Uh, and then I put Ichiro at number three. He played majority of his career in Seattle. He did leave, played a few years in for the Marlins and Yankees. Um, but that was mostly him extending his career into his forties. I don't think anyone, I mean, most Seattle fans, I don't think begrudged him that at that point he'd given us over, over a decade of greatness. I mean, he won MVP and rookie of the year in the same year. Um, when he came over at the age of like 28 or something. Um, and he was multiple time all-star, uh, I mean, the only nitpicking I've ever heard about him in his career was that he honestly swung at a lot of bad pitches. He didn't take walks, which isn't ideal from a leadoff hitter. But he also set records for most hits in his, you know, in seasons, back-to-back seasons with 200 hits. I think he had like seven in a row, something like that. I didn't look up stats, guys. Don't uh, don't at me. But uh, So I've got him number three. Um, the four and five spots were the two hardest. Um, and for me, it was between Felix Hernandez and Randy Johnson. Um, and it's tough because looking back, I only really have great memories of Randy Johnson. But then when I looked at his, you know, stats and everything, you know, he played nine and a half seasons for Seattle, something like that before going to Arizona and then even finishing his career in New York and like five all-stars, I think is nine and a half years. Uh, I just think because we're only remembering the, remembering the great things and Felix right now is, you know, we're watching his career dwindle down um, unless he figures something out. Um, but he actually has 13 years in Seattle. He has six all-stars. He, you know, he doesn't have the wins Randy Johnson had, but he also didn't have the run support. Um, and Randy Johnson's best years came in Arizona. That's where he got his rings. Um, one more games. Uh <laughs> So I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking ahead, kind of projecting. Um, I think I'm going to have Felix as the number four, Randy Johnson as the five. Uh, once we have a chance to to look back on Felix's whole career without, you know, being affected by what's currently happening uh, with him as a current Mariner and seeing how this this could be his last year in Seattle, um, his last year on his contract, making a lot of money. Um, but once we get away from this for a few years. I think we'll look back and be like, you know, Felix, just because of the longevity in Seattle and how long he was good for us without leaving, you know, may spend his whole career in Seattle. I doubt it. I think he'll try to extend it a few years, some other places, but so I'm putting him four and I go Randy Johnson five, you know, Randy Johnson, I think, you know, going down in history is going to be considered the better pitcher. I think uh, Felix is the better mayor or at least, should get extra credit for playing extra four or five years in Seattle than Randy Johnson did. Um, and then before I go with the season starting, uh, two days tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, so technically they played two games in Japan, the home openers tomorrow, the rest of the baseball world starts tomorrow as well. Um, of course, I don't know when you're listening to this. So Thursday, I'll be there at the home opener. Got lucky. Parents decided to go. So they got me a ticket. Thank you. Um, want to project, make my prediction on uh, wins this year, which is, isn't the best subject because this is going to be a bit of a rebuilding year for us. Uh, so last year, Seattle won 89 games. We were absurdly good in games that were decided by one or two runs, like historically great. Um, and a big part of that was because we had a 
this closer who ended up with the second most saves in a season all time, Edwin Diaz. So immediately I'm taking 10 wins off because I don't think we can end that well with one and two run games again. So that brings us down to 79 wins. And then we, like I said, Diaz not there. Cano, Cruz, gone. Um, uh, Gene Segura, gone. Uh, you know, we lost some pitchers. Uh, I think some of the guys we brought in are going to be better than people realize, like Jay Bruce and Edwin Encarnacion. Um, hopefully, Malik's can be the center fielder of our future like we think, but he's going to miss the first few weeks recovering from, uh, I think it was a shoulder strain. Um, so I'm taking another 10 wins off for dropping talent. And maybe I'm still being too optimistic at 69 wins for the year. I don't know. We'll see. Seattle Seahawks, you know, they surprised everyone when it was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them. They made the playoffs. I don't think the Mariners have a chance in hell in the playoffs, but I think they can at least surprise people and not be as, as bad as they expect um, and maybe not finish the bottom of the division. But either way, it should still be a fun season, especially if you go to games. I think baseball still the uh, is the best sport for the in-viewing experience. It's not as exciting as a football game, um, but I feel like it's more fun and social and relaxing in the stadium. It's a better way to watch baseball. At home, it can be tedious. The sport's real slow, you know. So when you're in the stadium and you can go get a beer, um, you know, some treats and hang out with people, um, for me, it's the best uh, stadium experience in sports. So uh, there you go, Jerry. There's my Pantheon. Griffey, Edgar, Etro, three, uh, Felix and Randy, and 69 wins for the year. So uh, look forward to hearing what yours was, and uh, we'll pass it back to you. Thanks. Okay, thanks for that, Matt. Um, I think that's a you're right on the button on those. Uh, I have a little bit of a like different, just a different thought than you. Um, but um, my pantheon kind of goes Edgar and Griffey uh, one two. Um, I think as yours, and then um, from there it goes to uh, Jay Buner. And the reason for that is that uh, Jay played his whole career in Seattle, uh, and he uh, he he had a great career, and he was universally loved by the fans, by the players, by his teammates. Um, obviously, in the Mariners Hall of Fame. Um, so uh, I put him as number three over Ichiro and Felix and those guys. Um, and then. Number four and five, I'm going to go with Ichiro slash Felix um, because both of them have had great careers in Seattle. Um, both of them had had some turbulent times, I'd say. Like Ichiro, when he left the first time, was um, maybe not universally liked by his, by the fans or by the play, his teammates. So a lot of what I've heard said that he uh, they didn't think he tried hard enough or like tried to make diving catches, didn't want to get hurt or not hurt, but didn't want to get his jersey dirty, I guess. Um, and also I, uh, not willing to take a different role than lead off hitter. Um, even though, um, he maybe wasn't as skilled as he was prior to that. Um, and then obviously Felix is kind of going through a similar thing with, uh, currently with the Mariners. Um, he wanted to be the opening day starter despite not being very good the last couple of years. So uh, we'll see where Felix ends up. 
Ichiro obviously ended up on a high note. Um, I think he's pretty much loved again here in Seattle. Um, I think coming back really helped that. So uh, maybe th- we'll see a similar sim- situation with Felix. Maybe he'll leave and and uh, and people will go grow more appreciation for him again. Um, uh, seems like that seems to be a Seattle kind of thing. Players leave, come back, and we love them. So. Yeah, I think that that's about what I that's about what I was thinking on there. So you were pretty close on same thing for me. Um, so if you want to check out Matt, he's on the Fairweather Friends podcast with Ricky Reyes. Um, they uh, they there. It's a great show. It's a part of the network, the Northern State Podcasting Network. Um, you can find that on iTunes or Spotify or basically any other one, any other podcasting agency um and so going forward on this podcast as i said i want to kind of i want to try to get more out um i've always had a little bit of a delay because of the just things and editing and stuff like that so hopefully we can figure that out a little more um but i appreciate you sticking through through all of this so far um obviously this is a learning process this is my first podcast ever um so uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I appreciate you listening, um, and I and I hope that uh, that you're enjoying yourself. And if there's something you think I could do better, please let me know on on, on Twitter. Um, you can send me a message at underscore Rain City Sports, uh, or you could email the network. Um, it's uh, Northern State Podcasting at gmail.com or on Instagram, also Northern State Podcasting. Check us out on there. Uh, follow. Um, and and uh, like I said, thanks for listening. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for today. Hope you guys have an awesome week. And I'll see you soon. I'm out.